0: question for you. What does the content that you post on social media to promote your podcast look like? Do you post audiograms? Do you post fancy headshots of your guest, maybe with their name and your podcast logo next to them? Do you post little two minute video clips to IGTV or LinkedIn with captions and a headline? And how is all that content working for you? Is that podcast promo content and all the time you put into making it regularly getting your podcast new listeners? And what does the rest of your social media feed look like? Do you post any other type of content or is it just check out my podcast link in bio? And how do you know whether that content is actually bringing you new listeners? Is it worth the squeeze? Is it working? What is your social media strategy? Well, This is a question that I get all the time from podcasters in my accelerator program, in the Grow the Show free Facebook group, and just podcasters that I come across. What should my social media content look like? How often should I post? What should I post? What is enough? What is gonna get me new listeners for my podcast? And I'm happy to answer that question, but I'm not gonna answer that question today. No, somebody else, is going to answer that question for you. That somebody else is Hala Taha. And we're gonna learn how she approaches social media for the purposes of growing a podcast. And you're gonna wanna listen to what Hala has to say because while Hala and I launched our first podcasts within a month of each other back in the spring of 2018, And while I've done pretty well going from zero to about 250,000 total downloads in only three years, Hala's done a little bit better. And she's done it via social media. Yeah, Hala Taha is on another level because her download count is in the millions. And she got there mainly by having an incredibly effective social media presence, which she's gonna teach us today but she also had a couple of other growth tips and growth hacks that other podcasters really aren't utilizing that really took her download numbers into the next level. And today, you're gonna learn exactly what those are. This is Grow The Show, the podcast that helps you grow your podcast. My name is Kevin Schmidlin and my mission is to help you, the independent podcaster, to grow your podcast audience and monetize now so you can have a thriving podcast business. Today, we're joined by the host of Young and Profiting. Her name is Hala Taha and she's going to share with us her strategy for growing a podcast on and off of social media. And the best part is that these strategies are not rocket science, and they're probably not even that much different than what you're already doing today. So if you're ready to hear how Halataha took her podcast into the millions in under three years and how you can do it even quicker, then stick around here on Grow the Show. We'll get back to the show in one second, but real quick. Are you a CEO, founder, or online entrepreneur struggling to grow your podcast audience and turn your listeners into buyers? I get it. It can be extremely frustrating to put so much effort into your podcast only to see minimal growth. And you are not alone in this challenge. We all started there. But what if instead you could learn the simple four-step process to 10xing your podcast audience and converting your listeners into buyers? Well, you can. And that's exactly why I created my free online masterclass. It's designed in just one hour to show you how to easily grow your podcast audience in 2024, utilizing the same strategies that top 0.01% podcasters use to grow their shows exponentially. And in the masterclass, we even share a 90 second hack that helped another podcaster add 20,000 listeners to his audience in just three months. Through the masterclass, you'll learn how to upgrade your podcast content, how to grow your audience regularly and reliably, and the exact strategy that I use to generate over 2.5 million in high ticket sales directly from my podcast. So if you're ready to turn your podcast into a powerful tool for growing your business, head over to growtheshow.com slash masterclass or click the link in the show notes and register to watch my free hour long masterclass. Once again, that's growtheshow.com slash masterclass, or you can click the link in the show notes. All right, back to the show.
1: My name is Hala Taha, and I'm the host of Young and Profiting Podcast and the CEO of Yap Media. I started my career in radio in college i landed an internship my junior year at hot 97 it's the world's number one hip-hop and r&b station and you know i worked myself up to the studio department i was in the production department and i worked on the angie martinez show and i ended up you know being her assistant being her assistant producer i dropped out of school for this opportunity and i ended up working there every day and it became like my job Worked there for free, even though I dropped out of school and I I worked there every single day. Back then, like, and probably still now, radio folks like really pay their dues. I mean, it was just a way for me to learn new skills. It was so exciting for me to be running the boards and it was so much power to be the one on the boards. It was so cool to have everyone say my name on the radio or be like hear my commercial on the radio to for millions of people to hear. It was just so motivating to me. And also just being exposed to such successful people at a young age, I think really shaped me.
0: After three years of Hala grinding it out completely unpaid. She was looking for her chance to take the next step at Hot 97. She wanted to be an official producer and, you know, get paid.
1: A paying job opened up. It was Angie Martinez's producer. Again, I was in my early 20s, but I wanted it. And they ended up hiring somebody who's just a couple years older than me. He had no studio experience and I was fed up.
0: After three entire years of doing tons of free work for the station, Hala felt that she deserved that job. So she spoke up.
1: I kind of stood up for myself and maybe that was the right thing to do because they were obviously just using me. Right. And so I did that. And Angie Martinez just fired me. She basically told everyone they can't talk to me anymore. And so my whole network was shut down in one day. She tried to totally shut me down like No one's going to mess with you anymore. Like, goodbye. And I decided to take things into my own hands. I decided that I was going to dictate my life and no one's going to blackball me from this industry and I'll make it with or without Hot 97.
0: Hala took her talents to the internet.
1: I started a blog and I decided I was going to start something called the Sorority of Hip Hop. We became one of the most popular hip hop and entertainment news sites. And at the height of it, I had 50 female bloggers under me. And the way that we did it was through Hacking Twitter essentially. So I figured out how to automate where when. Every we post a blog on all the girls' accounts, it would tweet out the person's name and like at mention them. And so we had like Drake retweeting us and Wiz Khalifa retweeting us and all these celebs retweeting us. So it just all really happened for us. We had online radio shows and then we almost got a show on MTV twice. Uh, They filmed a whole reality TV show for an entire summer. They got us a studio on Broadway. It was like the real world type of a thing. Jersey Shore, yeah. And then they pulled the plug. They decided not to air the show.
0: Once again, Hala had invested tons of time into something. And again, it was yanked out from under her with nothing to show for it.
1: And that's when I was like, oops, I should probably just go get a real job now. So I just gave up. I was like, I'm waving the white flag. I can't take this anymore. And so I decided, "Okay, I'm just going to go get my MBA. I'm going to just try to learn. That helped me get a job at Hewlett Packard. And then I just started my corporate career.
0: With that, Hala started from the bottom. And began to work her way up the corporate ladder. And she climbed fast.
1: Got promoted like very, very quickly in that company. And I thought that I was going to be really behind my peers. But turns out that I was so much more advanced in terms of my marketing knowledge that I really just skipped over everyone once I got there. Plus, my networking skills were out of this world because that's what I did for so long. And so it just really helped me be like an entrepreneur within the company. I got promoted five times in, in four years, basically. In addition
0: to crushing her normal responsibilities at that job, she also took lots of initiative and did tons of extracurricular stuff too.
1: I start this like young employee network and I'm the president. I do that for two years. I launched their first ever company picnic. I do their first holiday party. I started all their traditions, all their charity events, all that stuff. It got me really close with the CEO, the CMO of the company because I was doing all this cool stuff at the office. Right. And I was the one asking them for budget. And so it really helped elevate me. And that's also why I kept getting promoted because I was like being seen as like the face of the young employees. Right. So then I got on the global young employee network. And now I was leading not just uh, the hundred people at my office, I was leading 7,000 people all over the world. And I was the recruitment chair. I didn't get the president right away. So... I started something called HPE Spirit Week and it was a week-long event all across HP. At the time there was 300,000 employees. We, there was 500 events. Over 700 people helped me plan. They're still doing it to this day. It was like this huge hit. I was emailing the whole company every single day as if I was the CEO, right? Everybody knew who I was. Then it's time for me to be president of the Global Young Employee Network because that was the next Logical step, and I was the most qualified, and all my peers wanted me to have it, and people submitted videos to request me. The HR person ended up putting somebody in the president seat who never was involved with the Young Employee Network, who had no experience and who did not deserve it. Again, I worked for free. I basically side hustled for the company and dedicated my time to the community and building all these events. They're still using all my templates, all that. And they kicked me to the curb, right? After all this free work. So I was like, damn, again, I would made the same mistake.
0: Hala had done a bunch of free work for somebody else and she got burned once more. Meanwhile, her normal day to day role at the company, while quite impressive for somebody only four years into their career, also wasn't doing it for her.
1: I really felt like, you know, this this is not truly what I want to do and I don't feel 100 percent fulfilled.
0: And that is how she came upon her next side hustle.
1: I was gonna start a podcast, which was totally different than my last endeavors. It was more business focused, more pure intentions, not really all about attention. It was more about giving back, teaching people how to be successful because I had become successful finally. (laughs) And I was like, now that I've amassed some sort of success, let me try to give this back and teach people how to be successful too.
0: And that is how young and profiting was born. And even though this was technically Hala's first podcast, she found that she already had the experience she needed to do it really well.
1: All throughout before HP, I was doing online radio shows all the time. And so I knew how to audio edit. I knew how to research for a show. I knew how to structure a show. I knew how to basically talk on a mic. I was rusty because it was four years of a break. So when I got on the mic, I was rusty again in terms of like my speaking. But I could get it back relatively quickly right and so I had all these skills I decided to change the angle I wanted it to be more meaningful I didn't want it to be about music and gossip and entertainment I really wanted it to be something meaningful that would help elevate people's lives and so I just basically stacked all these experiences together a lot of people say their first episode sucks my first episode was like amazing and so was my second and third. And then it just kept scaling until I got more and more consistent. But it was hard. I mean, I was working a full-time job. At the time, there wasn't a lot of resources for podcasters. Like, I started this in April 2018. And so I just went at it. I just decided I was going to make it happen. And I just was consistent. And I kept working and evolving and, and increasing the frequency of my show and the quality of my show and just kept it going.
0: Today, Young and Profiting has amassed millions of downloads. So how does she do it? How did she go from zero to beyond a million downloads in only three years? Well, the answer to that is quite simple. Social media. However, while most podcasters are focusing on Instagram, still today, Hala, back in 2018, decided to take advantage of a different platform.
1: So when I started my podcast, I knew that I needed a way to get the word out. And at the time, LinkedIn was a place where people started to first post content. I decided that I was going to start my personal brand in order to get the word out about my podcast.
0: That is the way to do it. Now today, Hala has over 80,000 LinkedIn followers, but at this point in 2018, she did not have nearly that many. So how did she build up to 80,000 followers on LinkedIn and over a million downloads of her podcast all by herself? Well, if you've heard the targeted daily engagement episode of this podcast, what Hala is about to share might sound familiar. Either way, she started by figuring out where her dream listeners were already congregated on the platform.
1: Is there somebody who you follow that you feel like their fans would really resonate with what you're doing? So, for example, Gary Vee at the time was like the only podcaster on LinkedIn that I knew. And he had a great fan base that was obsessed with him. So I basically just invited anybody who liked or commented on his recent post. And I'd say, hey, my name is Hala. Nice to meet you. I noticed you like Gary Vee's podcast and content. I have a podcast, too. I think you're going to like mine. I'd love to provide value on your feed and nine out of 10 people would accept. And then I would put a witty comment on Gary Vee's post and I'd get a hundred likes and be the top comment. Then people would randomly go to my page and look at my content and check me out. And I would just get followers that way. The other benefit is when you're inviting someone to connect, right, I would send them a DM afterwards and be like, and here's a link to my podcast in case you're interested, right, after they accepted the connection request. And then at the same time, I was posting consistent, valuable content.
0: The key here is consistent content in addition to targeted daily engagement.
1: Every single day, I treated LinkedIn like it was my personal diary.
0: She had the time to engage and publish on social media baked into her calendar.
1: I had a commute. I was living in Brooklyn and I had to take the train every day to work. And so I decided that that 40 minutes on the train is when I would do my LinkedIn post every single day. And so I used my skills as a writer to really stand out on LinkedIn and be motivational and inspirational. And a lot of my posts were getting traction.
0: But how do you make content that stands out on any given platform, not just LinkedIn? This is one of the most common questions that I get from podcasters. Luckily, Hala has a three-step Answer. So, if you want your social media content to delight your followers and bring listeners to your profile, here's what you need to do.
1: You want to provide content that's going to be shareable as well as promotional and personal. So, a shareable content is something that could go viral. It's not heavily branded, it doesn't have your picture on it necessarily. It's a motivational or inspirational quote, it's educational, it's something that people would share just because it provides value, it's insightful, right? And so, you need to have content like that so that your posts can go viral because your promotional posts are almost never going to go viral. They're always the ones that actually do the worst. And also the other key here is personal stories. So people love seeing other humans, the bigger the face, the better on the content. I always say like, make sure your face has the most real estate on the post in terms of the you know, the ratio because people love human connection and stories and so telling your personal story also is gonna do really well in terms of engaging your current following. Shareable content is gonna grow your following and then promotional content is how you sell and you should do the least of that because your goal, especially when you're starting out is to grow a community, to get them to trust you and then you can start to promote to them and sell to them. But I would definitely suggest like even with my following, I do one podcast post a week. And it's always my worst post. Go go figure.
0: Remember, every time you ask somebody to listen to your podcast, you're selling. And you can only sell so much on your feed. And on most podcasters' feeds, that's all they do. But it's much better to only sell or promote your podcast on your feed once a week, if that. Besides, there's actually a place in the app other than your content feed where it's much more effective to sell your show.
1: Honestly, you convert social media listeners in the DMs, not in the posts. And so I've converted so many people who follow me on LinkedIn through the DMs, not through my posts. It's more about having a conversation, giving them the direct link, asking them for feedback and playing in the DMs.
0: Now, having said all this about how to position your social media presence to get your podcast to more listeners, there is one very important fact that you need to keep in mind. 50%
1: of people in America have never listened to a podcast. And so half the battle is over. On social media, you have two battles, listen to my podcasts and please like podcasts. You know, you're trying to convert them on the actual technology and that's really hard to do.
0: Essentially, what this means is that your social following can and will get watered down by people who aren't interested in podcasts at all. So how can you promote your podcast to people who you know actually like podcasts to begin with? This is the dark horse growth strategy that Hala has used to make her podcast audience absolutely explode. And while you clicked on this episode to learn how to make great social media content, Hala is about to share with you a growth method that has nothing to do with social media apps. It all revolves around the apps where people actually listen to podcasts.
1: So in-app strategies are everything that have to do with podcast apps. So there's many apps out there. A lot of people think it's just Apple and Spotify. It's not. Apple has 40% of the market share. Spotify has 20%. All the other apps have 40%. That's CastBox, Overcast, Casts, Podbean, uh, Podcast Addicts. All these other apps make up 40% of the industry, which is a lot right? And so you can target listeners on social media, but you're going to have a hard time because they prefer other types of content. And so those are people you're targeting on social media who will never listen to your podcast. If you target people who are already listening in the podcast apps, you're going to have a much higher success rate because 100% of those people like to listen to podcasts, have heard about a podcast, already listen to podcasts. And so that's why focusing in-app is so powerful. And that's what's changed the game for me. I realized that Apple is not the only game in town. For a long time, I would message people on LinkedIn, like I told you through the DMs, and I would say, could you leave me an Apple podcast review? And they'd be like, well, I actually, I watch on YouTube, or I don't have an iPhone, or I listen on Spotify. And then I realized people are not freaking listening on Apple. I don't know what all the hype is about, but there's a lot of other apps. People are really on CastBox, you know, and all these other apps. So what I did is I decided to leverage my LinkedIn following, and I reached out to all these different apps. and. I I would say like, hey, I have a huge following on LinkedIn. I'm known for my podcast. I'd love to do a contest in return for you promoting me an app. So a lot of these apps have features that they don't necessarily advertise where they have featured podcasts. They have banner ads. They can do push mobile messages to their subscribers. There's a lot of things that they can do. They have email lists Whatever it is. And so I basically was like, I'll trade my audience for your audience. Are you game? And they were like, sure, let's try it. Nobody else is asking us this. So you're the only one asking, so let's do this. They were happy, and you know, all of a sudden, I went from having no subscribers on Castbox to 10,000 to 25,000. Now I have almost 80,000 subscribers on Castbox, just on Castbox, and just promoting with them, collaborating with them. I promoted them at PodFest, they promoted me again. Now I'm getting them paid ads for my clients and stuff like that. So, like. That is one strategy, just collaborating with those apps. And then I started experimenting on Podbean and PocketCast and Overcast and seeing what is the best media buys out there and also who's willing to collaborate and kind of trade their paid advertising in return for social media promotion. So I did that game for a long time where I would just trade contests and promotions on LinkedIn for getting featured in app. And that's where, when I got hockey stick growth, that's when I went from getting 4000 downloads a month to 12,000 now in a typical day. So they're all different. That's the thing. You have to do your research. It's the wild, wild West and everything is different. So some websites like overcast, you could just go buy ads. You could just go buy ads on their website I will say that Overcast is very expensive. There's something called, there's a metric called subscriber acquisition cost. And that's the metric that you care about when you're doing podcast media buys. It can range from under a dollar to $8. That's how crazy the difference is. And so that's why it's important to experiment. So like Overcast might charge you $5 a subscriber, which is relatively expensive. So there's other places that you can do and test that may get you under $2 a subscriber,
0: But what about if you don't have any budget to pay for ads in the podcasting apps? Is there another alternate way for an independent podcaster to take advantage of the podcasting apps?
1: So the other way, besides media buys, to do this is to actually guest on other podcasts like I'm doing on yours. So that's a hack that you can do without any money, without any social media following, is to basically team up with other podcasters in your niche and go on each other's podcasts. If... You guys aren't a good fit for each other's podcasts. You can also read commercials for each other. And so you can do that. The other thing that you can do is do review swaps with other podcasters. And so if I was a new podcaster and I had no social media following and I had no budget, the first thing that I would do is start a community of podcasters. I would start a community. I would reach out to every podcaster in my niche. I would go out on Chartable, the podcast Apple charts. And I would go see who's ranking above me and below me. I would find out who those people were. I would contact them. I would get them all in some sort of a group, a WhatsApp group, a Telegram group, whatever it is, and a call once a month. And I would come up with strategies where we would guest on each other's podcasts, where we would swap commercials and basically share each other's audiences. We would also share our social media links and start an engagement pod so that we would support each other on social and basically help elevate all of us.
0: Okay, let's recap. So, Halataha has shared with us three strategies she has used to take her podcast, Young and Profiting, past 2 million downloads. First, she shared her strategy for growing a social media account, which sounded a lot like targeted daily engagement. She also shared her strategy for how to create really engaging and effective, shareable, personal, and promotional content. Then she let us in on a pretty big secret that 40% of podcast listeners use apps other than Apple and Spotify, and that those apps actively promote podcasts to their users. By bartering and paying for placement in those apps, you can see some pretty major gains in listenership. And finally, she shared a strategy that you've probably heard before, but also probably haven't tried do a promo swap with other podcasts in your niche and team up with each other to grow your shows. Now, that is all a lot to do to grow your podcast. So if you would like, extra support in doing so. If you'd like direct feedback on the social content you create, if you'd like to team up with over 400 other podcasters to figure out how to get featured by the alternate apps, and if you'd like a place where you can find and team up with other talented podcasters in your niche, then look no further than the Grow the Show Facebook group. It's totally free, and you'll get all of those things at once. Please do join us. We'd love to see you there. And say hello. The link is in the show notes. Grow the Show is a Q9 production. This episode was produced and hosted by me, with associate production by Catherine Nails, post-production by Max Graham, and a huge thanks to today's guest, Hala Taha. For Grow the Show, my name is Kevin Schmidlin. Until next time.